Hello, you speakers. I'm Katsam. I'm George. And I'm Javier. American or British English, which is best? Can we really decide which one is best since the first is derived from the second? Wow, that's a tough one. I think it depends where you live and your expectations. How do you envision your English persona? Now, if you remember this, Katza mentioned this concept of English persona in her last episode. And for some reason, people associate standard British, or as some might call it, the BBC pronunciation, with elegance. Haven't you noticed that most of the notorious villains in movies have a British accent? Even James Bond is English, and well, he pretends to be very cunning, but classy, a classy agent. All with his British charm. Wouldn't you like to have that kind of charm, guys? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, just an accent. Absolutely. Well, more than, than asking the question, which is better, I think the question should be, which one will be more useful for you? Who are you planning to interact with? And not, all, not only that, but keep in mind the cultural aspect. Is That's it British? Right. Uh, no, a British English from Australia? Or so? which one is it going to be? Which, who are you going to work with? Oh, Wait, yeah. What? Yes. Is there it is British. Like British from Australia? Isn't that Australian English? Well, it's Australian English, it's, but yeah, but, it makes uh, well, it <clears throat> depends on the region. And well, you know so. what I heard, guys, that, and I heard in a, in a convention, there is no British English. There's a London English, and there's a Liverpool accent. You know, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's a, it's a broad term, yeah. but technically, it's all Commonwealth. So uh-huh. Australia falls into that, yeah. Yeah, but even if they are independent. Exactly. <laughs> it would be it would be uh, British English technically. Yeah. Now, this is gonna blow your mind, guys. But now, just uh, I'm gonna have to add to this what Javier just mentioned. Now that he brought up Australia, uh-huh. and uh, within within you know, uh, you know, England, I've read that there are even up to forty different uh, accents, regional yes. accents, depending on True. you know where you're from. Mm-hmm. Okay, so uh, I've read also that, you know, uh, the standard or the BBC English is more of, you know, South England and, you know, whoever is a British and listening to this, yeah, you might, you know, want to comment on this or correct us. Right. Also, <laughs> London, for example, Lon- London English is, uh, is very much uh, looking like American English. It, oh, it's starting okay. to sound like American, actually, yeah, because they've, they've started to so I've heard because of Hollywood, they they've started to include so so much American English into their lingo mm. and their their slang, but they actually have like the South of London lingo mm. and the East London lingo and the North London <laughs> lingo as well. So wow. <laughs> yes, languages like Think of like Irish, whole, Irish accent, is uh-huh. still, it's still British accent, but I, that's really hard to get. <laughs> I, I do need a translator for those guys. I don't understand oh. a word they say. <laughs> so stay tuned today. You're learning fun facts and differences between American and British English. I speak English. No! We speak English. No! They speak English. No! With us, you speak English. Yay! An English-speaking podcast where you will find lots of content to help you with your daily practice of English and have fun. Just as natives do. Listen to interviews and native speakers talking about everything and anything. Because with us, you speak English. Welcome to another episode of the You Speak English podcast. Thank you for hitting that play button and subscribing to our podcast channel. Remember, you can download the script for this podcast. The link is in the description box below. 
And phrasal verb of the week. Now, guys, do you know which phrasal verb we use to state that we're rejecting something? Well, it's turn down. Turn down is the phrasal verb that we use when we want to say no. Okay, it means that you're rejecting something, you're rejecting an offer or an invitation or request. It's very simple to use. For example, I had to turn down the invitation because I had other plans. It's a way of politely declining something. For example, Katza, uh, you know, um, I'm willing to give you a round trip ticket for Ukraine next week. What do you say? You want to take that trip? Oh, man, I'm sorry, George, but I'm going to have to turn down that amazing offer, but I have other plans. <laughs> Oops. Okay, maybe <laughs> next time. I'll go. I like, I like Call of Duty. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Javier, take it away. Okay, so English fun facts. Did you, guys, did you know that the shortest sentence that can be written in English, in the English language, is I am? A subject and predicate with complete meaning is just three letters. Oh, yes. Beautiful. Oh, yes. nice. All right. All right. Here's and... another one, right, Javier, that got you in trouble. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah. The, the I, second runner-up would be I do. I do. <laughs> Oops. I do. That's it. You're in trouble. Yeah, you got any flashbacks with that? <laughs> I remember this. That. I remember this one time I was teaching class and uh, we were doing conversation warm up, and I asked them, "What what phrase or what is something that you should never say at a wedding?" And one of my students actually said, uh, "I do." <laughs> <laughs> oh yes. my god! Yeah. <laughs> Okay, uh, for this uh, new section, for the villain section, say this, not that, at work. Please don't say, I think they work a lot less than me. Please say, I've noticed that they seem to be quite dedicated and consistently put in a lower amount of effort. Jesus, you sound so <laughs> elegant, but at the same time, so aggressive. It's like I'm totally backstabbing people, right? <laughs> okay, to the main topic. I'm super excited to have you join us for another episode filled with language exploration. And believe me, discussing language and culture gets me all fired up. Today, we're discussing the differences between American and British English. Okay, let's get started. Segment number one, vocabulary variations. It's quite remarkable how a single word can take in a completely different meaning depending on which side of the Atlantic you're on. Take biscuit, for instance. In the U.S., it's a crunchy cookie, while across the pond, it's a soft scone-like delight. And speaking of culinary confusion, let's not forget chips and crisps. In the U.S., you'd be expecting those thin slices of potato, but in the U.K., you'd be handed a bag of savory crisp. It's like a language puzzle, isn't it? So I'll hear a few words in American English and their counterparts in British English. Okay. Guys? All right. Thank you, Javier. That's really interesting. Okay. I'm going to try my best with British pronunciation. Okay. So American, it, it goes like this. Elevator. British. Lift. All right. So we have American. Vacation. British. Holiday. American. 
truck. British lorry. I love that one. So cute. Okay, American soccer. British football. American diaper. British nappy. All right. If you are interested in learning more words, we have we have written a longer list in the script. So check it out. All right. Okay, guys. So now cultural influences on language. Now let's delve into how culture and history have shaped the unique flavors of American and British English. Language isn't just words. It's a window into the past, whether it's the influence of colonization or waves of migration. You can bet that each word carries a tale. It's, it's like language is a time machine revealing the footprints of our ancestors. Take lift or elevator, for instance. One word takes up while the other gives us a lift, both leading to the same place, but with different journeys. And trust me, we're unearthing some linguistic gems that'll make you appreciate the rich tapestry of history and culture that's woven into these language variations. Right. And here we go with some fun facts. We're, we're going with spelling shenanigans. And I remember I struggled a lot when I started using American English rather than using British English because when I studied English, I studied British English. So I learned the British um, spelling and then I was all confused and 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 I and I thought well, didn't I learn this correctly isn't it isn't this word spelled correctly so mm -hmm. we have spelling shenanigans so did you know that Americans and Brits have different spellings for some words you oh. take color and color for instance, <laughs> while both mean the same thing, Americans prefer to leave the U out. It's like they've got a secret stash of vowels they're not sharing. They're eating them out and mm -hmm. just putting them somewhere. Or another another fun fact, take, the, take these words, for instance, pants versus trousers. Mm -hmm. If you ever find yourself in a conversation about clothing, be careful with the word pants. In the U.S., it means trousers, the ones that you you wear, usually wear to work, <laughs> right? But in the U.K., pants refers to underwear. Oops. Imagine the confusion if you asked your British friend about their pants collection. So <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a funny one. All right. Thank you, Katza. Now, in conclusion, you might be wondering which one is better, American English or British English. But let's be real. There's no definite answer to that question. It's like asking whether ice cream or a cake is better. Cake. So <laughs> each variation of English is a beautiful expression of its own culture, embracing its uniqueness while connecting us through language. So I have to add to that, Katza. I, think, I believe it's in the early 80s when Culture Club, the band, with the yeah. lead singer Boy George, released their, their debut album, uh, Color by Numbers. And we used to read color, like C-L-O-U-R, like you said it. And we used to pronounce color. But, oh, really? Okay. Yes. Yeah, we used to actually say color by numbers. <laughs> we didn't know <laughs> that the British put a U there, so we actually pronounced it. <laughs> Nevertheless, oh. you, our audience must know that even though the British is pronounced by a U, it's not pronounced. You, you pronounce mm -hmm. color no, in it's English. color. Color. It's color in both ways. You know? mm. We used to say color because we had no I idea. I think there's another one, right, Javier? Flavor? Uh, yeah, mm. flavor and flavor, there are several, right? Uh, yeah, flavor. There's several mm -hmm. of those. You can write it. There are several I mean, of those. Actually, 
just put a U there, but this is not pronounced. So what's the point? <laughs> isn't isn't that kind of tricky, confusing English learners more like, you know, you're barely <laughs> learning and then, oh, there's a U. Should I pronounce uh -huh. a U? Color? Yes. And Americans that are like, it's more colorful than the American <laughs> color word or what? Yeah, exactly. I, I, I like to think Or the of past tense of learn. I learned it with a T. I learned it with a T. And then learned. Americans use a D. So learned. it's like, mm. learn. <laughs> you know, oh, I like God. to think of it like H in Spanish that is not pronounced. And uh, when I actually uh -huh. taught Spanish, they, they would ask me if I put it, if I don't, if I put an H or don't put an H, does it, does it have a different meaning? No, that's just the way it's written. You know? Yeah. So they asked me, the Americans would ask me, what's the point? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what's the point? But oh, just use it. Okay. <laughs> so whether you're chatting about chips or crisp, elevators or lifts, remember that language is a celebration of our differences. And a bridge that brings us closer together. Embrace the quirks, enjoy the cultural exchanges, and above all, keep the spirit of curiosity alive as you explore the rich linguistic landscape around you. And this brings us to the end of the episode. Please say yeah. goodbye, guys. I'm Cheerio. a shaken, not stirred. I mean, sorry, I meant keep practicing <laughs> until it hurts. <laughs> there, so there is no better English, guys. Both have their own personalities that represent the personality of the original speaker. Use both of them wisely. Yes. Okay, so this is it for today. Thank you to all of our audience out there. And remember to subscribe to our channel. If you like this podcast, please share it with all your friends. You should also check out our YouTube channel where you can get this podcast video version. And of course, you are more than welcome to comment on our videos. You can also visit our website where you will find articles about English practice and learning. Please find us on social media as at USPK English, the one with the yellow logo. We're everywhere except for X and threads. And remember, perfect practice makes perfect. All right. Until next time. See you bye then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for subscribing to our podcast channel and click on the follow button so you can get notified when we upload new episodes. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. And please visit our website at youspeak.com.mx where you can get free access to our blogs and other content developing every week just for you.